1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's up, everybody? I got some good news. I missed all the bad, shitty news going on right now. Uh, by the way, thank you for uh, listening to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. I truly appreciate it. Uh, so today's guest is Chad Hughes from Wings North. Uh, Wings North is a, um, I don't know what you call it, shooting club, game uh, game farm, shooting preserve. So, you know, you go up there, shoot some pheasants. They got chuckers. They got quail. Uh, I believe they even have turkeys, uh, as we talked about in this episode. Um, there's a fishing pond. There's a 3D archery range, sporting clays, all sorts of good shit up there. So um, the good news is when I when I – talked to him which was just the other day um we were they were closed down you know with the COVID-19 stuff um couldn't open up uh, but Governor Waltz here in, in Minnesota is going to open up golf courses this weekend and so what does that have to do with anything because why would you want to golf anyways <laughs> dumb uh anyway uh the reason being they're treating him like a golf course basically so they're going to allow him to open up this weekend. So when we did the podcast, um, he wasn't open. We didn't think he was going to be open. And then things changed. So now he is going to be open. So if you listen to this and you're excited and you want to go um, exercise that itchy trigger finger, now's the time. Give Chad Hughes a call. Um, set up an appointment and go up there and, and shoot some birds, shoot some pheasants, or just shoot around a sporting clays. Maybe uh, – brush off the archery equipment or sharpen up the archery equipment as turkey season is going on. I hunted this morning, as a matter of fact. Uh, yeah, so that is the good news. Good news, right? Also, for my bearded listeners, um, I joined this group. Um, I've never really used beard product before, um, but I'm going to give it a give it a shot. I figure even if I do keep, Phil has been following one on social media, uh, Facebook. I was. I didn't know if I was going to keep my beard, or I usually shave down to a goat. Which um, jury's still out on that, but I can still use the same product and conditioning and and whatever else they call it um, 
for my summer goat as I do my, my winter beard. So it doesn't really matter. Anyways, so I joined up with um, this group called The Beard Struggle, and uh, I'm referred to as a brand biking. Uh, what I'm getting at is if you want to go check out The Beard Struggle, check out their products, at checkout, use code FULLSCALE15 for 15% off of, uh, of your order. So kind of cool. If you can't grow a beard, I don't tell you. Um, maybe you should take up golf. I'm not sure. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into it. Uh, this is the Full Scale Outdoors podcast with Chad Hughes from Wings North. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound this is a good one You've done a podcast before uh not formally not formally <laughs> not formally In- informal you've done In- informal i've done podcasts? informal podcast those are the best kind where it's talking to the you know just talking to this and that's about it we record over it while we're talking Oh, sure. Well, this is the same thing. This is pretty informal, too. Even when it's formal, it's informal. Right? <laughs> so how's this uh, COVID stuff handling or treating you? It's been terrible, to be honest. I mean, I, it's, uh, you know. I can only imagine. We've, uh, you know, with all the fundraising stuff and everything that we've been doing, you know, over the last 10 years, super involved with Lake Superior, you know, Safari Club, Turkey Federation, Ducks Unlimited, Rough Grouse Society, Pheasants Forever. You, you attend all these banquets. You go to all these. You do the Northwest Sports Show, St. Paul Sports Show, Wild Sheep Foundation, Deer and Turkey Classic, you know, all the shows to build the business up. And then, you know, this year finally came to fruition. We had a bunch of shoots scheduled, a bunch of sporting clay fundraisers, a bunch of bird hunting fundraisers, everything else. And doop, done. That's just... <laughs> and there's a turkey in the yeah, in Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's... God. It's a tough thing for um, all these resorts and bait shops and just it's like terrible. Like yesterday, I was like, when I went to go get my turkey license, I'm like, where am I going to buy this? Like, are the bait shops even open? I guess I haven't even checked. Yeah, where'd you end up going? Uh, there's a holiday station that um, and you're good right to go in there. Wyoming. Well, yeah. they I know they I'd bought them there in the past. They used to be a shell station, and then they're holiday, so I didn't know if they still did. I'm like, well, I'm going to swing, and we'll see. And they still had the machine, so I was like, sweet. Golden, I'll yeah. I'll just get it there. Plus, they have a liquor store attached to it, and I needed to get some more booze. So I had to replenish yeah, on the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. stock up? Yeah. Well, was, uh, nothing major. Was, I, got, I, started, I got into drinking uh, White Russians. Nice. So I need another bottle of Kahlua. A little Kahlua? Yeah. So nice. I'm like, oh, sweet. One-stop shop here. <laughs> the old holiday in Wyoming, Minnesota. Yeah. So I got that, but... um. Uh, yeah, you were out turkey hunting this morning. I was. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, this is the first year in my history of turkey hunting that I was the shooter. Really? So I've never I've never <laughs> actually shot a wild turkey. I've called in I seven, eight, nine, ten of them somewhere in there. Um, <clears throat> my wife, God love her, has missed five. And uh, you know, so it's <laughs> she listens. Sorry, dear, but. Uh, um, no, so this is the first year that I've been the shooter, not the kids, not anybody else, so it was awesome. Went out this morning, called in, um, had a Tom come out at about 80 yards, went the other way, had a uh, another Tom come in from behind me. He came up, I had a, 
No, it was a like a strutting Tom decoy. Sure. Sitting there, and another Tom come in behind me. He was about uh, oh, 60, 70 yards behind me. Came up talking, talking, full strut. And uh, he came out, and he saw that turkey, that decoy. <laughs> folded up and ran the other way. Really? Like, huh. You pussy. Son of a. It's a little different <laughs> tactic tomorrow, you know? <laughs> right. So the other one walked away, walked down. Uh, my dad was about, uh, oh, we're hunting on 80 acres. He's on the opposite side of it. Followed the trail down, went right in front of him. He proceeded to miss it three times with his crossbow. Unbelievable. Uh, I asked him if he was a little excited. He was pretty shaky. Sure. So <laughs> he's 70, you know. Sure. I'm like, hey, yeah. good for you. Still get fired up. It's awesome. <clears throat> so then uh, they came back down and worked its way back down. And that uh, I had two hens and a tom. And the hens hung up at about 45 yards. And they were just going back and forth once again. And it's still at strutting tom decoy out. He hung up at about 60 yards and... You know, it's just it's the early in season, and I don't want to take a chancey shot. If he'd have closed it on twenty yards, forty right, yard yeah. shot, I was super comfortable with. Sixty was right on the fringe, and I just yeah, wasn't comfortable. I've with heard it. I've heard some horror stories with the birds flying off with your arrow and not being able to find them, and yeah. that would just suck. Yeah, I'd rather not shoot. No, you know, no, yeah. film it and get another chance. It's you know, for sure. Have fun. And I've I've never shot a wild turkey either. I don't I don't really. I'm not that into it <laughs> yet. I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know why. Like, I feel like it should be something that should I should be obsessed about it. I was talking to my buddy Jimmy about it just this morning. He's like, and just him describing it, you could hear the excitement in his voice. Like, oh, man, when, when, you, when you're talking back and forth and they're, you know, and they're answering you and then you call and then they answer and they're, they're <laughs> strutting, they come running. He's like, oh, man, it's awesome. I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. It is. It's super <laughs> cool. You know, the, the, you strike it, they gobble. Yeah. You strike, they gobble, you strike, they gobble, and all of a sudden they go quiet. They're coming. You know, they get out there, they're all puffed up, all fanned up, yep, spitting yep. and stomping. And, yeah, it's just, it's cool. It's yeah. cool to see. I've had a couple of turkeys. Uh, I raised turkeys, you know, just for a little hobby farm, yeah. you know, just for Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner. And uh, one year I had a couple of toms, and, yeah, they're, they're strutting all the time. It's kind of cool to, just to watch them. Like that, watch. that drum, you almost feel it more than you hear it. Oh, it's for just sure. such a. You yeah, know, that that spit, that drum was like, oh, that's cool. You see their feathers like flinch, like that's pretty. It's cool. really cool, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I just I don't give it enough time. I hunt like one day a season for about two hours. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. The timing in year is tough. You know what and, I mean? It's you're on the front side of fishing season. Everybody's been cooped up for the winter. But now with this shelter in place nonsense, I got a I got a WMA not far from my house, so I think I'm just gonna go in there and. That's kind of the other reason. I haven't actually had any, like, great land for it. You know, the the picture-perfect hayfield, you know, right. kind of set up where your decoy's out there and you're sitting in the corner in the woods and you're blind or or just against a tree or whatever. Right. Like, I, I just, I've never really taken the time to go line up land for that. So I've always like, yeah, I just, my confidence is super low. So I think that's why I don't sit for very long. Like, right. I just, like. All right, I'm bored. Yeah, exactly. You know, whether it was deer hunting, I could sit there all day. No big deal. You know, pack an extra battery for the phone. You Life know, is good. Water pack, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. Bring some snacks. <laughs> like, I'm good. But I, I just, I get bored. I get which, the same, my ADD. But it's kind of, it's super cool because it's great for, it's so interactive, especially, you know, like I've called for my wife, called for my kids, stuff like that. Awesome. You know, you get those birds coming in and they get so excited and so geeked out to see them, you know, get the opportunity to shoot right. a bird or to harvest a bird. It's just cool. You see them start shaking and they get all geeked out, you yeah. know. It's neat to pass that traditions on. See, I, had, I, had, I just have like a, a cheap uh, Tom decoy. And so I set up, I was on public land last year, this, this same land. 
and the sun comes up. You know, I went in there in the dark, got all set up. Um, sun comes up. I start hearing some goblin in the trees, not far away at all. And then there was some across this creek, which is from everything I've read, they don't usually cross water. So I kind of ignored those or whatever. But I had, I had one just like what would be straight east of me. Goblin pretty good. I'd gobble and they'd gobble back. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know. And I heard them get down. I saw, saw some movement. Some hens kind of came out. And the hens... So I, like I'm in my blind and I got like the windows shut behind me. I got the shoot through screens. So the camel. Yep. So I'm like, and I wasn't moving around, but they acted like they saw me. Just saw something unusual. They, they, they're like, we gone. And they're just out. So I don't know if they saw the decoy and because they were already with a Tom, maybe they're just like, I, I ain't want to deal with that asshole over there. You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> right. It was weird. Would I be better off in your opinion? Like, should I have hand decoys out? There's a lot of guys that use hen decoys, Jake decoys. You know, the Jake decoys, the other Jakes and Toms will come in and attack. I've seen the, I've seen it both ways. You know, when I've gone out and called in the mornings with the cementers of mine that have taken me out, doing a little scouting, you know, preseason. <clears throat> and you go out and those birds have come in. You know, the hens have come in and nestled right down next to the decoy. Oh, wow. You know, just kind of. Chilling. <laughs> right <in the> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kind of checking stuff out, and it's like, wow, this is so cool. We that actually just shush pretty, him away to move. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Cause, yeah. And uh, in hindsight, you know, listening to some podcasts and watching some shows, you know, it made sense. Like, why would that Tom come over? He's already, he, he's with hens He's already. got his harem. He's, yeah. got, what, he's got no reason to come start a fight. He's got no reason. I'm like, okay. And they the say, like, midday or later in the day, a lot of times they do better because now the hens have – dispersed or maybe they're actually sitting on eggs or doing whatever nesting you yep. and then they're on their own now they'll actually go explore a little bit i'm like oh tom's well, out running around he's put them to bed already you know maybe you know. i should in there a lot of times like if you can get one to answer he knows you're there even if you're doing a you know a hand call or whatever he's like they know where you're at just wait for them they're yeah. gonna come looking for you eventually yeah exactly. you don't have to keep calling either they know you're they're like okay i'm gonna go check on that spot later when i put these girls to yeah, midday. Exactly. Their midday nap. We'll Come down out of the roost and then go from there. We'll, we'll go find that other bitch. I was in upstate New York, <laughs> right out of college, and uh, Paul Bernstein, who was the commissioner for the DNR for the New York, at the time, I uh, had a neighboring property, the hunting club I ran out there. He said, "Chad, all these guys get out there and turkey hunt right away in the morning. Everything else." He goes, "You want to get up early? Go ahead." He goes, "Come over to my place about seven, seven thirty. We'll have some coffee. About eight, eight thirty, we're gonna walk down the back, out the back door, walk down to the bottom of the creek." We'll call a couple times. About nine nine fifteen is usually when the toms come oh, strutting wow. right He's past there. You know, they just they're they're creatures of habit. They yeah. find their strutting zone and go yeah. back and forth. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I told you I bumped those when I was checking my beaver trap the other day. I was like, wish I would have taken a mental note of what time that was. <laughs> time frame and exact location, yeah, exactly. Like, Dang it! If I knew exactly what time that was, I'd just go you know sleep in because it was like midday or early afternoon or something. Yeah, creatures of habit, you know. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I'll just go sit there no decoys no nothing just put the blind up and wait for one to walk, walk by, by. Yeah. yeah if anything give them a cup you know just see if they come check it out strolling through yeah. absolutely who knows uh, again it hasn't really grabbed me i feel like if i do it successfully or i have one of those encounters where i, I start working a bird back and forth i'll probably be a hardcore addict it seems like something that would be it's you know fun. like i love goose calling you know because yep. you're interacting with them and 
the visual of them, you know, once you got them and they cup their wings and they're coming out, like, that's just awesome. And you get that loner going away and you start, whoa, whoa, oh, yeah. And it answers and starts Turn, coming around. Yeah. Same or you're, thing. You're breaking down <laughs> migrators from a mile high. Like, that shit is awesome. <laughs> uh, so, I, the turkey thing, I was like, this should. I should be more fired up about this than I am, but I just haven't done it successfully. The calling is what it is, right? You enjoy yeah. that portion of it. It's like, okay, great. Now we see them to cooperate. Yeah, exactly. I just need to give it a better better go at it. But when did you get into, like, let's get the history of Wings North. Like, okay. How did you get into <coughs> having a game farm and a <coughs> shooting so, range? Um, I was born and raised in Hugo, Minnesota. Uh, Wild Wings Monica in Hugo is my dad's place. I was okay. born and raised at Wild Wings. Uh, graduated in 93 from Hill Murray, and I went to the University of Minnesota Crookston in uh, Crookston, Minnesota, mm-hmm. U of M campus. Uh, was there for four years, and I had uh, sent out a letter to a friend of mine who published a magazine at a Goose Lake, Iowa, called Wildlife Harvest uh, through the North American Game Bird Association, and they said, hey, I said, I'm going to be looking for a job. I'm going to graduate this year if you got anybody who's looking. And uh, the editor called me and said hey i got a guy that's looking in new york but they need to hire someone now I'm like well i'm gonna graduate in june you know end of may june they need someone in april and this is for what kind of position <laughs> running a hunting club just okay yep, all right manager so, at a hunting club out in upstate new york all right so sent him back and forth and had no intention of taking the job sent to my resume and said well it's in new york that doesn't you know i right. just picture manhattan you know yeah that's what i when you say new york that's what i, I think of. i'm thinking to myself this is this is dumb but once again, I'm you know 22 years old. I'm like, this sounds right, great. Right. <clears throat> um, took a trip out there. They wanted to, me to come out and interview. Place was absolutely gorgeous. It'd be like being up by Lake Superior, up by Duluth, huge rolling yeah, hills. Upstate, upstate they, New York is amazing. Just north of the Catskills, we were 15 minutes from Mass, 15 minutes from Connecticut, right <sighs> on the eastern side. It was beautiful. I was two and a half hours from Manhattan and two and a half hours from Boston. So we had you know customers coming from everywhere. Um, they hired me. Offered me the position and said, "Hey, but we need to move you now." So at this point, I'm still 18 credits short of my bachelor's degree in oh, natural Jesus. resources. So I bailed out early. <laughs> <laughs> I got my job. What else do I need? Yeah, exactly. I'm out. So uh, I was out there for a uh, uh, year and a half, and uh, my dad had called me and said, "Hey, my grandmother passed away. Left him some money. Said I think we're you know we're turning away a lot of business in Hugo at Wild Wings. We're thinking about opening another hunting club." Oh, that's awesome, Dad. We're going to buy some land in Pine City. That's great. I hope it goes well. We want you to run it. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) What? Said, I've been out of the house for four years. We butted heads pretty hard then. Okay. You know, I don't know that we're going to do that. You know, we're not going to get along. Mm -hmm. So about three days go by, and uh, and he comes to me, and he says, well, I've been thinking about it. What if I gave you the option to buy in as a full partner? I'm like, Dad, I'm 22 years old. I I don't have any money. Right. You know, he said, here's the deal. You work for $12,000 a year for seven years, and that'll be your sweat equity, and we'll make you a full partner. So, like, huh. So we talked about it, and we closed on the property July 2nd of 1998. Wow. Coming on uh, 22 years ago here pretty quick. That is crazy. So, yeah, we're in Pine City. I graduated from Pine City, actually. Very cool. Yeah, so it's just a small small world um and then we had it we actually had i don't remember shit, what was it was it the 20-year reunion i wonder if it was it had to have been and we had it here oh okay yeah and you think and my band played skewed view yeah absolutely yeah. yeah so it was 
when I was in a band, and I, I don't do the <laughs> band thing anymore. Uh, but that's when I asked him, like, I don't remember those eiders hanging from the ceiling before. I was like, are those always there? Because I feel like I would have been like, eiders. They were in the further <laughs> back corner, actually. Yeah, the band would have been set up off to okay. the side of it, probably dark, big yep, trees that day. That's night. possible. Yeah. Possible. <laughs> I don't. A little I, fuzzy. Yeah, I probably had other things distracting me, but usually I reckon I. Uh, I'll notice stuff like that. Yeah. No, well, I was really fortunate. My dad and I went out to uh, – my dad and myself and uh, Roger McNear. Shout out to Roger. We went out to uh, Maine, out to Bar Harbor. Bahaba. Bahaba. And hunted uh, sea ducks with uh, eiders down. Oh, okay. And we shot uh, We shot eiders. We sat in layout boats. We shot some old squaw. Um, got in the, along the shorelines and stuff. Shot some black ducks, some golden eyes. Oh, nice. Oh, God, that sounds it awesome. It was so cool. And the, the decoys that he had were some old – the black duck decoys were old cork decoys. I mean, it was just a lot oh, of nostalgia, that, yeah, you know, being be, out on the East Coast. That it was would just be so super. cool. That would be awesome. But we, I went to the, we went to New England last year, um, for my anniversary, and it was like, you know, from the Midwest, you think of eiders, you think that this exotic diver duck that you got to travel like Alaska for, blah blah blah. Dude, every you get next to water, there's eiders. Every floor they're over there's everywhere. Got, exactly. They're they're like mallards out there. They're everywhere. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I need to come out here and. I need to hunt these things. I mean, well, hell, you could probably do. You could probably freelance it pretty easy. And especially, I mean, if, if the you know, if your bride likes going, if she's not necessarily a morning person, if I was going to do it again, we stayed at like a bed and breakfast. Mm. Go out and hunt in the morning. Come back. The girls are up by ten, eleven o'clock. Yeah, well, go spend the rest of the day with them. Definitely not a morning person. Same. Like, <laughs> yeah. my wife resembles that remark. <laughs> and she is not a hunter. <clears throat> she is. She has no interest whatsoever, uh, which is fine by me. I mean, you know. A lot of people think, and maybe it's for some people, where they're like, you know, I wish I want to find a girl that's into hunting and fishing, you know, and share all that. That, that sounds good on the surface. <laughs> um, but do you really want to be around your partner 24-7? Like, right. Not, because, you know, like, you're never going to get away with the boys anymore. You're like, oh, hey, I'm going to – I'm thinking about going fishing Sunday. Oh, I'll come with you. Uh, that's yeah. going to be a fight. You know, it's like, <laughs> how do you tell them – no. <laughs> and my wife loves the trips. You know, she, as far as the trips and the experiences, she enjoys that. Uh, bear hunting. Um, we go out bear hunting in Ontario. My wife uh, was fortunate enough for archery. Shot a nice 347-pound uh, yeah, bear. a big head on that bear, dude. Yeah. The one in the back wall of the clubhouse here. And then, uh, yeah, so that one. And then my son shot a color phase of chocolate up there. Uh, we were hunting at the bear camp up in Ontario. Very cool. And then uh, Josh Fagan with the Fagan Real Estate Group. Okay. Okay. Uh, was the largest was number one or number two in the state? Uh, shot that in Geezy, Minnesota. It was uh, that's a big bear. Six hundred and thirty-seven pounds dressed, Holy dressed smokes. out. So live weight, you're guessing a little yeah. over seven hundred. Oh, yeah, so big. And those are all in the back wall of the clubhouse. If you look on the website or whatever, it's got some pictures of the clubhouse facility. You can see those hanging up on the back wall. Yeah, those are great. Lots of game, lots of stuff to look at. It's a big deer. <clears throat> but as far as traveling, you know, my wife was never into hunting that much. Uh, still has yet to shoot a big game animal in North America. In North America. Uh, in North America. Uh, shot a bear in Ontario. Or I shouldn't say that. In, in the U.S. In the lower 48. In the, yeah. She shot the bear in Ontario. Um, you know, we were very, very fortunate. We traveled with a couple of our members to Africa two years ago. That would be fun. And, uh, yeah, she shot the Ninyala, an Impala, Blue Wildebeest. And That's so cool. We were on a limited budget, so I shot a warthog in an Impala. Oh, cool. So, but she had a lot of fun. What yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> she not shot cheap. a lot. It's definitely not cheap, but. What an amazing trip! God, that'd be so. What an experience that would be. Yeah. You know, and I was at, I talked to you when at the St. Paul show, um, you know, 
at first to kind of set something up and just touch base and whatever. I mean, you were busy talking to people, so there wasn't going to be time to do it at the show. But I did end up uh, recording an episode with uh, uh, an African outfitter. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Hannah Swanepoel. Yeah, absolutely. Actually got his name right. God, I'm getting good Nailed at it. that. Nailed it, yeah. <laughs> I didn't for like the first however many months. Uh, what a great conversation that was. I mean, if anybody hasn't listened to that episode, go back, find it, listen to it. Like, I mean, he educated me on, on a couple things. You know, I, I like to think I'm fairly well versed in hunting stuff, but, you know, I fell into it where I thought, you know, elephants are in, were endangered. I knew they weren't endangered everywhere, but I thought as a whole they were endangered, and that's just not, not true. No, like no, they're, not at all. they're vulnerable, listed as vulnerable. Yep. Um, and, yeah, there's some parts of Africa. Well, Africa's huge. That's the other thing people don't realize. Like, right. You can fit Europe, South America, North America. Like, you can put all these different countries within the whole of the African continent. Like, it's a giant place. Yeah. So, yeah, they might be endangered in, in one spot, and chances are that spot has big cities in it lots of agriculture you know but there are other places where there's way 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 too many yeah it's just it's amazing you it's know. such a beautiful country i mean and with the rhino horn like you know legalizing the sale of trying to get the sale of rhino horn legalized which seems like that's such opposite of what your normal thinking would be but it makes sense because all you have when it's illegal is a black market, black market and so you give it. all the poachers all the money and all the power it's like no especially because you don't even have to kill the animal to harvest a horn right they're trying to back every yeah exactly or every you know every couple year you trim off some horn you sell it like you're gonna have more rhinos than you know what to do with right if you give them value it's like wow that was it was a great conversation um but that was a nice rabbit hole we went down but so back to you starting wings north (laughs) (laughs) so how did it start off is this like the original Lodge building or so the building itself is the original. The front half of the clubhouse or the what would be the western side that faces towards Homestead Road as you come down the road was what we finished off originally. The part that we're sitting in room right now, the dining room area, was originally the back half for cold storage. Okay. We had a big overhead door with this fireplaces on the back, on the east wall, and then we had had to start our tractors back here and everything else. Oh wow! And then as things progressed and things got better and better, we got busier. We just kept adding on. Okay. You know, we originally opened the place, uh, the facility. We had 369 acres. Uh, in 2001, 2002, we added another 40 acres. Uh, 2016, we added another 40. 2018, we added another 40. And what all is um, available here? Is it you have sporting clays? <clears throat> we do. We have uh, three trap ranges. We've got uh, sporting clays course. We normally run another sporting clays course in the summertime. This whole COVID thing. Uh, sure. Everything's kind of up in the air right now. Uh, rifle and pistol range, you know, so the sporting clays trap, uh, we got 3D archery, you know, a little bit of everything. Kind sure. of trying to be a full recreation facility, yeah. kind of a one-stop shop, if you will. We've got the full bar, the full restaurant. Uh, we added fishing in the pond uh, two oh, years really? ago. We got crappies, walleye, sunfish, and perch in the little pond How right deep outside the, the pond? clubhouse. About seven and a half, eight feet. Okay. Do you run an aerator in there in the wintertime? We do, yeah. Okay. Uh, Brooks Johnson and uh, Jeff Welch have a uh, – a solar panel wireless aerator system what's a bubbling system oh, like a bubbler it's yeah like it's giant, yeah, okay. giant yeah. aquarium yeah <laughs> you know yeah. so uh other than a small footprint around there it's still safe for the kids to ice skate on and everything and oh, it's wow. just it's awesome yeah huh. that's pretty cool yeah so it's that's you know a good you, thing for you try and be a one-stop shop for the family you know yeah. try and make it a for an individual 
to come up with their family and kids or the corporate side for the entertaining side. You know, we try and facilitate all the needs if we can. Sure. And then you, you do like the pheasant hunts. Correct. Yep. And do you chuckers? We do. We carry pheasants, chucker partridge, bobwhite quail, and we do release turkeys also. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, so yeah, so it makes it fun. Our turkeys are all um, a field hunt. We don't do the calling, sit and call okay. like everybody is right now. Sure. You know, we do them as a field hunt. Uh, kind of a fun bonus. We release all hens here because generally they'll flightier, you know, so guys oh, are mostly okay. shooting them on the wing. Sure. Wow, that that's a weird thing, right, with, with turkey hunters. Like, and I've talked about this before on the podcast where – Shooting a turkey on the wing is frowned upon Correct. By, by the turkey hunting community. Yes. Shooting a grouse on the ground. <laughs> it's frowned upon in the grouse community. It's, it's, it's frowned upon. Um, <laughs> it's like, um, can you guys make up your mind, like, how we should kill these things? Yeah. Well, but in the state of Minnesota, you know, and I believe in a lot of states, actually, turkeys are considered big game. Mm. You know, they're considered a big game animal. Well, they are big, but I don't know if I'd put them in the big game category. Exactly. Is it still legal to uh, use a twenty-two for pheasants? That's you, a wonderful question, I think you and can. I don't know that. I, have to, I know you used to be able to. We don't allow any rifle shooting here. Well, I, I, other than on the designated prob- range. That's probably smart. <laughs> that's Just probably safety. You very know. smart. Yeah. yeah. So do you raise your own birds then? We don't. Okay. No. When so I was a kid, we hatched uh, close to half a million birds a year. Raised about 35,000 pheasants and about oh, eight to 12,000 mallards. Uh, when I was in upstate New York at the club I was at out there, the Australitz Club, uh, we raised about uh, 10,000 day-old chicks. And then when we opened here, we did not raise any birds. Okay. So when are you getting them? At, well, like what age? Are you getting adult birds? We're getting adult birds. So oh, okay. Adult pheasants considered anywhere from 18 to 22 weeks. Okay. All right. And then we'll have the birds shipped, shipped in weekly, okay. you know, as we go through. Just not worth the effort of raising or just easier to let somebody else do it? It's it's just a different dynamic. Okay. You know, we're, well, normally really busy with the bar and restaurant side of things and with the clay shooting and everything else. And that's where my passion is, the people and sure, being outside yeah. and everything yeah, else. Yeah, for sure. The birds are kind of a solitary thing. It's not a super group effort, you know. So when you're raising the birds, it's uh, less people involved. And not that it's not more profitable, we just decided to go a different avenue with the bar and the restaurant side rather than raising our birds. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, I was just curious. I wasn't sure if you were raising your own or not. I mean, like, I have my own little hobby farm. I like, I've always had a soft spot for poultry. Just I grew up, my dad always had chickens, you know. Right. So I'm oh, sure. Stop. Wait, I should just buy some pheasant chicks and, you know, they take off, they take off, whatever. The big thing with pheasants is they require so much square footage per bird. Right. You know, because they're horribly cannibalistic. You know, pheasants will eat each other in a small confined area where chickens can be in a smaller coop right, area yep. and not display the same cannibalistic ter- characteristics. Nature's a bitch, man. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> not friendly. It's not. It is not. A, this is not a Disney show, folks. <laughs> right? It's, it's just not. <laughs> That's no kidding. No, it's uh, it's brutal. And like the um, like pheasant chicks, I mean, they, they gain flight quickly. Yeah, usually uh, 10 to 12 days. Yeah, you know, 10 they, to 12 days they can fly, you know, Oh, short birds. 10 to 15 yeah, feet. You right. Know, but if you have, them, you have them in a a pen, you know, if they're really flighty and they, I mean, I know some people talk about they can injure themselves, you know, especially if you don't have the soft. That's why most people have like the soft netting over right, the top. Right, the nets, yep. Otherwise they'll pop up. Um, quail do the same thing. If they get spooked by anything, their defense mechanism is to bust straight up. Right. And they just right into the top of the cage, break their neck and, you know. There's dead birds 30, 40, 50 exactly. birds dead because, I don't know, a fox tried to get into the 
the pen that night and spooked them all up, you know. Right. Um, yeah, it's interesting thing. That's a whole other aspect of it. But now your your clothes, like the the clubhouse is closed, but you're technically open, right? Well, so here's the issue. Or not. We've got, well, that's the, <laughs> that's the fine line. So with the whole COVID thing, right, um, when the Governor Walls issued the stay-at-home order, we decided to respect that, be part of the solution rather than part of the problem. So we closed for two weeks um, in respect for that. Mm-hmm. So we liquidated all of our birds that we had on hand, planning on a two-week shutdown, fire back up. You know, the barn restaurant had been closed since uh, mid-March. You know, the social distancing thing yep, everything yep. else. So when the stay-at-home order was issued, um, you know, we looked into the laws, and hunting is still acceptable, you know, you know outdoor recreation is still acceptable, everything else. So we were going to be part of the solution for two weeks and then reopen. Well, it's the good and the bad and the different, right? Our social media pages, when we went to reopen, sent out a blast on our Facebook page and LinkedIn oh, page. Oh, that probably triggered all sorts of people. And then our constant contacts. So, I mean, we've got about... Oh, between Wings North and my personal Facebook page, about 10,000 people, probably another 6,500 on our LinkedIn page. And then we sent it about 6,500 emails on our constant contact update. So all that went out and said, hey, we're going to reopen. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. The whole thing. The very first phone call I got was from uh, the Pine County Sheriff. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, Sheriff, how's it going? Good, Chad. Good. Uh, hey, I hear you're going to reopen. Yeah. Yeah. He said, uh, no, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm like, What? No, our interpretation of the law is that you can't open, you know, during this whole thing. So uh, I'm like, huh. He goes, I got your email, which is nice. He's on the email list. Sure. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. winning. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I asked, I said, uh, so what, what happens if we do? He said, well, you can be fined, and it could be, you know, up to a gross misdemeanor. So far be it for me that I asked. Well, how, right. how much yeah. is the fine? Yeah. You know, what are we talking? A couple hundred bucks, where are we at? Can I recover from this? Up to $3,000 <laughs> fine. Oh, and I'm like, you know, that's, a little steep. that's not what I'm looking at doing. So yeah. <clears throat> we got in touch with the National Shooting Sports Foundation and everything else. Uh, there are, um, I believe, all the other clubs in the state. Uh, John Barr, I think, in uh, up at Hunts Toller's Point. Up by uh, Nisswa. Oh, okay. Is closed also, but I believe everybody else in the state is still operating, hmm. other than us. So um, apparently, their sheriffs aren't part of their emails. Their sheriffs, <laughs> uh, their interpretation <laughs> of the law is a little different than Pine County sheriffs sure. and the Pine County attorney. So it was just a little uh, kind of a snafu, if you will. Yeah. And I'm like, huh, that sucks. So I thought we were gonna be able to drum you up some support here. And- <clears throat> Well, as soon as they opened it, his interpretation was, he said, you're a club, which would constitute the same as the golf clubs and everything else. So as soon as they open the golf clubs up, we'll be able to you're reopen. You're good to go. Okay. So with that in mind, we're hoping that by the end of this week, they're going to say, hey, you know what? Social distancing, you can do it. Yeah, and that's, uh, and you know, and even, even keeping the clubhouse closed, like the bar right. part yep. makes sense. Absolutely. But as far as, like, even golf courses, I'm like, that is social distancing. We have I mean, you never shoulder to shoulder with your golfing buddies. I mean, like, they got their cart. You got your cart. Like, I don't know about you. I can't hit the ball straight enough to go no, where I'm they're going terrible. anyway. Yeah, so, you no, know, no. I go all the way over here, over there. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking terrible at golf. I hate it. Um, that's a 
waste of a good day of fishing, in my <laughs> opinion. Like, um, I mean, it's a good excuse to drink beer and yeah. be reckless on golf courts. I mean, respect the rental stuff very, you know. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's, that, yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah, um, that's exactly what it sounded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, yeah, that that can be fun, but the actual golfing, I'm terrible at it. Of course, I'm terrible at it. I've done it like five times. I mean, <laughs> that's why, a good time. Why would I be good at it? Um, no, but I, I that's a weird one to me, right? And, and probably got, the same thing. I don't want people to travel. Uh, right. I guess I kind of understand that too. But and you know, we've got 489 acres. We got 20 different hunting fields. So you know, even if you're running four people per field in a field that's you know anywhere from let's say 15 to 40 acres, you know, there's plenty of room it's all safe yeah Yeah. exactly so i don't uh yeah it's it's a weird thing right because they like you know practice social distancing you can't go golfing um but head on into walmart there uh with everybody else and then go get your toilet paper when they stock up yeah exactly um what yeah it's just uh, madness but Um, everybody wants to be proactive you know who wants to be the one that says oh by the way you drop the ball so yeah and i'm definitely not advocating um, being reckless with it by any stretch. It's just, I have a, it's the way my brain works. You're like, well, you're, I mean, even when there isn't a pandemic going on, you're social distancing on a golf course. Like, right. I don't, of the things to be worried about, I just don't see golfing right. or, or hunting or That'll shooting be, clays. Let's see, we're out hunting. So there's going to be, you know, 30 of us together. No, you it's know, that's like sporting clays. Like, you stand in your station. Yep. You shoot. There's nobody around you. They're right. back there waiting. And right. you can do like they've done now at the stores. You make some X's on the ground, like here's your six-foot yeah. spacing. You know, hell, I'm going to make it eight, ten feet just exactly. to go the extra mile. And then take your turn. And you could even have somebody there wipe down the whole thing quick with right. alcohol scrubs. And I mean, there's ways you could do it it's, yeah. that you would, I wouldn't even say minimize, uh, nearly eliminate the risk of, of spreading anything absolutely way safer but, but they're just like nope can't do it and i don't know if their theory is the traveler behind it it's possible i don't know if it's you know i don't know what what our once again what our local sheriff is because there are you know everyone that, throughout the state of minnesota I guess is still hunting too. i mean somebody's gonna, they're gonna you know oh we need to get gas and you're gonna go gas station maybe you wouldn't have gone anywhere that day and you wouldn't have gone to the gas station that day and that's i mean maybe that is what it is i i don't know but hopefully it doesn't last too much longer yeah uh it's just getting I mean, it's ridiculous. Are, we are not cut out for this. No. Human beings are not cut out for the Americans for damn sure are not cut out for this. We are used to going where we want, when we want. Right. Well, that whole <laughs> deal we were talking about earlier with Michigan. Yeah. You know, if anybody hasn't been looking at that, you know, where they closed all non-motorized boats on the water. That's a shit show over there. I just don't understand that. Like, I could still, they didn't say you can't be on the water. You can still use a canoe. Uh, me and a buddy can go in a canoe. That's fine. But me and my buddy can't go in my bass boat. It's just crazy. Again, like there's no logic there. I don't. I don't understand. My brain can't. Comp- it's like nope. Does not compute. Right. Does not compute. I can be out in the middle of nowhere, away from everybody else. I think she's shooting herself in the foot politically. I oh. do not think she will get reelected. Oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> I, I, you know, she, there's a lot of people that are gonna. I mean, I'm not, not a huge political guy at all. The pull politics thing just makes me sick. You know, uh, it, everybody, they just seem like they're all on the take, right? It Everybody's like got an it, agenda. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. It is what it and is. Arguing is like, for, it's, I mean, I, I'm guilty of it on Facebook. I get in, I, I try to severely limit myself. I'm way better than I used to be. Sometimes I still fall into it and I get, you know, into do a debate. But 
it's you're never gonna change anybody's mind. Oh, for sure. All you end up doing is yelling at each other, and then you both walk away from that conversation with the exact same opinions you had going in. And everybody's so you can't, you know, I can't be a Democrat, you can't be a Republican, or I can't be a Republican, you can't be a Democrat because then we can't get along. No, no, that's. It's like what? 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 You're an idiot. You can you can have your opinion. I can have my opinion. So we don't agree. Big deal. Yeah. We still enjoy the outdoors. We still enjoy everything about that. Okay, so I don't agree with your political party. Big deal. Right. Well, that's cares? why generally if I do get into a, a political debate, honestly, it's like with my family or a close friend, so I can have a heated discussion and I know I'm not actually burning a bridge. Like, we know each other well enough that if I call you a moron oh, or something, sure. it's like, it's, you know, you know I don't actually have any real animosity behind it, you know, because if you do that with a stranger. Oh, and I'm so You know, guilty. I call you an idiot. You might show up in my house. I, mean, I don't know. I'm so <laughs> guilty know. of it. I just, it, you know? for me, once again, I just, I think it's funny because this, everybody's got the stereotypes of the whole thing. Right. So I throw out random posts about, you know, oh, all Republicans are like this or all Democrats right. are like this. And it's such a generalization. Oh, it's sure. so stereotypical, yeah. right? Yeah. Everybody follows exactly. I'm like, please. And the people that blow it up, I mean, it'll get three, 400 comments. I'm like, you've mm-hmm. got to be kidding me, people. It's, this is. Right. Open your eyes, you yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. it's meant to, you know, create questions in your head, not, right. hey, by the way, this is hardcore, this is this, this is this, either you believe this or we can't be friends. It's like, come on. Yeah, it's uh, it gets out of control real quick. I just say most people on social media, it's like, I don't think, I don't honestly don't think most people are in it for an honest debate, an honest, an honest exchange of ideas to to work out a situation and find a solution or just to, see different perspectives the, you're in it for your own self-edification now you just want oh. it you like you get on there you're like yeah them fuckers and on welfare blah blah click and then you go Keyboard back to, warrior <laughs> yeah and then you just go back to whatever you're doing shoving your face full of doritos and whatever not that there's anything wrong with that i fucking love doritos but why well, you gotta pick on me like that. <laughs> <laughs> you call me fat i'm big bad no uh, no but it's it, it's one thing when you go into a debate to debate to explore ideas, to challenge, to, to challenge each other's ideas, and hopefully come out with a more well-rounded opinion at the end of it. Right. But if you're just going into it to start a fight, or you just already think you're better than everybody else, or you're right and everybody else is wrong, it's like save your breath. Oh, absolutely. You know, like you're just again, you're only at you're only edifying yourself. Like and no one fact checks. Proud of yourself. You know what I mean? Oh God, I, I just I was guilty of it. I posted something about China buying up all land in in Brazil, and uh, which was a thing in 2013. Right. And I posted it like it just happened. You know, I'm like, but you know what? I owned it. I went and somebody called. He's like, that's the 2013. And I was like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm not going to delete this. I'm actually, I went into the heading and I edited edited it and I said, update. This is from 2013. Right. I'm leaving it up because it's still an important issue. Right. You know, I'm like, at least I, at least I owned up to falling for the headline. Like, damn, absolutely. I try not to do that, but I didn't even read the fucking article. I'll be the first (laughs) one to admit it. I just share Click share. We're done. Son of a bitch. I bid you good day. I hate when I do that. <laughs> it's so irritating. Uh, do you have any, like, grand schemes, like, of, uh, you know, you're kind of setting everything up here at Wings North for, you know, one-stop shop, family-oriented. Do you get any, like, lodging? We're actually in the process right now. Uh, we're looking at actually expanding again. Uh, we're looking at acquiring another 52 acres. We're going to put in, uh, in the next two years, our goal is to put in uh, some campsites, some okay. overnight sites. We're going to do right. some seasonals and some uh, weekend sites, stuff like that. A camper hookup kind of a exactly. thing? Exactly. Okay. Uh, we're going to do, uh, I'm looking at some 
uh, fish houses I'm looking at buying off of Red Lake, actually, 8 by 17s Oh, okay. That are skid houses, but uh, can offer guys an advantage. Hey, let's go up Friday afternoon, shoot some clays, come back in, and then, uh, you know, come back in and shoot uh, birds, spend the night, sure. shoot birds in the afternoon. You know, kind of cool. a guy's weekend getaway cool. without having to go to South Dakota, North Dakota, right. yeah. you know, yeah. Western Minnesota. You can be an hour north of the cities and, you know, get away. Hang out at a fire pit at night and drink some beers exactly sounds awesome yeah for sure so that's that's our next two-year goal okay you know, where we're very cool. looking at the, we'll see what this whole thing uh brings a little nerve-wracking right now yeah i'm sure do you um do you ever cook up like the do you do any like uh game feeds we do yeah okay. yeah we do uh wild game feeds if guys actually when when we've got everything operating Guys come in from the fields, they come out hunting, they want to take and uh, clean their birds up, flay the breast meat out of them, come in, we'll do pheasant strips for them. Oh, nice. Makes it kind of neat. Uh, we do one, we usually do a couple wild game and wine pairings throughout the year, wild game and beer sampling, okay. stuff like that. Uh, just some neat stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, Something for that sure. gives you an excuse to come to the club other than during hunting season if you don't want to. Because I've always thought that'd be kind of cool, even, you know, because I guide goose hunts and like to do kind of the same thing. You know, I don't know how it works with pheasants because, you know, you can't sell game birds, so I don't know how that works out legally as far as, like, if I were to cook up somebody's goose. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Do I charge for cooking it? I'm it's the, your goose. but Yeah, it's you're just, just doing prepping. Prepping. Okay. Yeah. That's how that So we've go. got it. We actually have both. So we have our game farm license and a shooting preserve license. So we can sell birds outright also. Okay. So I can sell birds to guys to take for food. Gotcha. Um. You know, and we also obviously with our restaurant license have a rest. You know, mm -hmm. the restaurant have a restaurant license, etc. Through the Department of Ag and everything for that for the wild game stuff. But uh, yeah, so guys can take those birds with them, or you know, we can prepare them for them. You know, with the geese, and I know that's not really a big thing here for you, obviously, but it's like there's there's still that stigma of like waterfall being terrible. You know, it's only good for jerky, or it's just it's like man. Like, I love it. But I that's love because it, love you know it, how to it. cook it, and a lot of people don't. Right. So what I was going to say is maybe we need to organize, like, a how to cook Oh, that sounds awesome. Class up here. Oh, absolutely. Like, come on in. Here's how we, you know, break down a goose. Waterfall 101. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. Do some shooting. Come in here. I'll have, I'll have my own geese. You know, I'm, we just – do it. And we can let us know what you need for birds. And I'm going to tell you what, there's a lot of our members that will donate to the cause for that. Sure. Deal for sure. That would be fun. And I know another guy that would probably be interested in doing it, Jamie Carlson. But he, he's a wild game chef, too. Um, we'll have to explore that. That would be because I've been thinking about that a lot since I've been on the road guiding snow goose hunts. Like, man, I would love to have a lodge and then centered around what you do after the hunt, like taking this from the field to the plate and making bomb-ass meals. Because I'm telling right. you, my wife is not – well, she's more of a wild game personality than she ever was when I first met her. But she's still – you know, if it's heavy game flavor, in air right. quotes, she still doesn't like it. But, you know, when I make my goose, it's gone. Right. The, I mean, it's, I challenge anybody that says they don't like – Wild game. If you eat beef, anyways, like if you're a vegetarian, I mean, right. that's a hard sell. Uh, but <laughs> if you if you generally like beef, but you say I don't, I don't really like wild game, and goose is greasy, it's this, that, and the other thing, I I will put money on it that I make you a meal, you're gonna be like holy shit. For sure, and most people can't tell the difference with someone that really knows what they're doing cooking it. Right. You know, you may get a little gamey flavor, but not much. Well, it's flavor. 
Right. I mean, it's that's why I hesitate to even use the term gamey because it just like beef to me is bland. I, mean, I just Correct. had T-bones last night. I'm like, eh, yeah, yeah, they're good, but I mean, it's like season it up and everything. I don't and it's get just fired like, up yeah. about it. Exactly. You know, but if I'm making a venison steak, I'm like wringing my hands the whole time. Like, oh, oh god, this looks amazing. I exactly. Can't eat this it's so good. <laughs> and goose breasts are the same way. You can cook them like steaks. You can, you know. It can be as quick or as long, uh, simple, or as complicated as you want it to be. Right. Because I do, and people are probably tired of me talking about this, but I do like goose tacos. They're super fast. Oh, you're, awesome. you, Within 30 minutes, you're eating, and everybody that uh, I've ever given it to, I've made it for some of the other guides, and they just, they, they're like, how is it? I don't understand how it's this. You didn't soak it in anything. Like, how is it this tender? And right. Because... It's just is. I mean, well, and it's not overcooked. Exactly. That's it. You know, I everybody mean, with wild game, that's a big misnomer. Everybody overcooks it. Yep. And it's just. And then you either oh. have to make sure you don't overcook it or you have to go with the full opposite and make sure it's so cooked that it's breaking down, which is when I do the, like, the wine-based sauces with, like, goose legs and that. That's, yep. a, that's an all-day cook. Right. So, like, if we were going to do something like that here, obviously I would have a final product for us to eat at the end of it, but then I would go through the steps on how to do it, and then you just skip the whole four hours of cooking time. <laughs> right. Well, and, you know, a lot of those guys don't understand, you know, they, they go through and they'll do a lot of wild game feeds and stuff like that, and they don't understand the prep time that goes into it. They're just like, well, we just had it. It was good. Yeah. Well, the prep time may take a day or two, you know, yeah, to prep not, all the appetizers. Yeah, it's not a ton of prep, really. It's just a ton of waiting. You right. Know, you get everything in there. Maybe it takes 20, 30 minutes to put everything together into the pot, and then once it's in the oven, go golfing. So I mean, Ron Popeil said it and forget it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Because you almost, as long as it's covered, it won't dry out. You almost literally can set it and forget it. You That's can't awesome. really overcook it. I mean, because it's just going to, as long as you don't lose, if you lose the liquid. The moisture, yeah. You're screwed. Yep. Because then it's going to turn into a petrified piece of meat. <clears throat> so as long as you have a tight-fitting lid on whatever you're cooking in, you got plenty of, of stock and broth in there, you're golden. You're gonna you're gonna be fine. Come back, watch a couple movies, whatever. It falls apart. Check it. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean I always check it. I know when it's. I know when it's ready, and I pick up a bone and then go to like scrape it off, and I barely touch it and it just falls right off the bone. And I'm holding oh. this like bare bone white goose leg bone with nothing oh. on it, no tendon, no cartilage. Like it's just bone. Just awesome. Yep, it's ready. Oh my god, <laughs> so good. Amazing. So good. Make some fresh bread with it. Oh my oh. god. Forget that about it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. Um, I'm going to pull some birds out when good. I get home. <laughs> yeah, right? So that would be – we'll have to talk about that. I would like to set up some sort of, you know, organ, you know That'd organize awesome. an event. You oh, know, for sure. Sell tickets, raise funds for something. Who It could be for anything. Yeah, that would be phenomenal. Forever or what, pick, pick a cause. I don't give a shit. Ducks Unlimited Delta, you pick one. Yeah. You know, if it's yeah. a waterfall scene, let's them. go with the waterfall. Yes, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> because I just I would also just like to spread that knowledge. Like, treat these things for what these – these aren't trash. They're not sky carp. These are wonderful. And the amount of guys, you know, same thing. You go out to, you know, snow goose hunting in the spring – how many birds do you want? Oh, you can take them. I don't yep. want them. I don't want them. Okay. Yeah, yeah no. not a problem at all. Yeah, there's an easy way around that as a guide. Who shot that? Because you always have the claimer, too, in the group, right? The oh, I suppose, yep. You just set that right in front of their feet. Ah, good good shot. You don't even argue with them. You're like, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you know you shot it or you know somebody else shot it. Like, yeah, I crushed that one. There you go. That one's nice. yours. Well done. Everybody has to take their birds home with them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so... 
the argument after the hunt, like who takes what, that goes away. Plus, that guy who claims every shot, he starts shutting up after a while as his pile gets bigger and bigger. It's a win-win. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> so exactly. It's definitely a win-win. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but the, I guess in you know Missouri, the um, the conservation officers are actually, even though there's no limit on snow geese in the spring, they're still cracking down on not because you can't party hunt waterfall. Correct. So they still wanted people to tag, like which which ones did you shoot personally? Absolutely. Like they were st- they would they were still they were writing tickets for it. I guess it's like oh really? Are you kidding me? Like now you're just trying to make money. Right. So it's like well. Again, it's as far as the guide goes. It's like, well, that's more more excuse for me to go. You got to take your birds home with you. You can't give them to somebody else. There's no party hunting. Oh wow! But that solves. That's another way to solve that problem of people right. going. I don't want those. I don't want to eat those. Things. I like it when guys do that with me. You know, they're yeah. like, hey, we don't want them. We don't want. Them. Okay, great. Yeah, it's one thing if there's somebody in the group hey, that we, wants them. Oh all. God, yeah, because we'd bring them all back, and Perfect. you know, it's. What, what a great venue, you know. We get them all prepared up here, and we'll put them out for appetizers uh, on the bar for customers oh, when they man. come in. Just a free sample. Here you go, guys. Try it. What is it? Try it first. God, this yeah. is amazing. It's snow goose. Get out of here. Yeah, you know, right? they don't know. Right? They're like, what the what? Oh, Wait, do what? It. Goose Taco Tuesday, man. People oh, lose their minds. It's just awesome. Yeah, that'd be. Mm. Have some nice, like, barbecue goose heart skewers or something. Oh. I think it'd be awesome to try. I've never tried goose heart. Oh, it's so good. Really? I love heart in general, just on any animal, really. Like deer? Deer I've had, yep. No, deer it's familiar just, with. It, they taste the same. Really? Just a little small. Just little. little tiny nugget. Like an you appetizer. Know? Yeah, you're, you're flash frying them things because, I mean, they're teeny. Now, do you flay them open or do you boil them out like you do a I deer know, heart? I just skew them right on a skewer hole. Just When you're flushing them, though, when you flush them out? Uh, no, I just run them through water. Run them through, I can okay. Squish them. Gotcha. You know, yeah. Try to get as much out as you can, and then just hey, eat a little blood. Eat a little blood. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then just quick fry, um, salt, pepper, a little. Baste them real quick with oh, some God. Uh, whatever you want to baste them with. Right. You, yeah. You know, however you like. You like your barbecue bold and spicy. Go with that. If you like it a little sweet, you know, a little, you could. I mean, endless opportunities. Oh, that sounds amazing. Sweet chili sauce. Uh, <laughs> shit, you could do anything. Oh man, I've, I haven't done this yet, but in my mind, I've I've thought about making like like a goose sushi roll. So it'll be like seared, thin, yep. you know, real thin, and then just like you would any normal sushi roll, you got your sticky rice, avocado, whatever, wrap it in rice, dip it in soy sauce. Well, I bet it would be awesome. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> I have. I, I think this I sounds amazing. I haven't to try yet it. done it. I haven't yet tried it. I haven't yet done it. But it would be, you know, you're going to just cut it super thin with the grain so it's nice and tender. I'm I'm talking super off. Yeah. Let it rest. Cut it in strips. Wrap it. The whole sushi deal. Oh, it sounds amazing. I'd be willing to try it. I mean, why not? It would be good. I guarantee you it would be good. Because really what's going to end up happening is you're not going to – the other stuff you put in is going to kind of hide the flavor. Not that I'm trying to hide the flavor, but – you're really not going to get, when you bite into it, you're not going to get this overwhelming just goose flavor. You're right. going to get that combination of, of all the other flavors. Yeah. It's just, it would be a, a fun way to no eat it. No different than a seared ahi or something like yeah, that, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tuna doesn't really have a ton of flavor right. when, you, you know, when you're eating sushi-grade tuna. Yeah. I love it, but it right. doesn't really have a ton of flavor. It'd be pretty similar. But that would be awesome. It'd be a, it'd be a, a fun, interesting oh, really fun. dish that would get people talking for sure. <clears throat> As far oh. as I know, no, I don't I don't know of anybody that's done it. I so don't either. It'd be a new, a new thing, a new idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, 
Instagram famous right there. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we can definitely try Hashtag that. Hashtag goose roll. Yep, there you go. <sighs> yep. Get on the roll. We're rolling. Uh, what else do we need to talk about? So, when it, do you, are, did people that had, or like, all your events just kind of canceled with these different outdoor groups, or have they rescheduled? Are they tentatively <clears throat> rescheduling? So, we, we've rescheduled, um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to say a quarter of them have rescheduled. You know, a lot of them were time sensitive, obviously, for hunting season coming through the fall. Uh, the Lake Superior chapter for Safari Club, uh, their banquet coincides, you know, is usually that first weekend in April. Uh, so they did their online auction, stuff like that. We normally do a sporting clay and a European shoot after that. Those obviously have canceled, you know, hoping to reconvene right. next year, you know, um, everything else. Some of our sporting clay events, uh, Her Wilderness was hosting an event. Uh, they're going to reschedule that for later. Um, uh, Shot for Hope um, is a sp- sporting clay fundraiser that they do. Uh, they do one on the south side of the cities on Horse and Hunt Club. They do another one up here in the summertime, and they've it's scheduled for July. And right now, we've talked. Everything's still on board for right now, but we're looking at an alternative date if we need to. Okay. I know my friend uh, Christina with uh, Legendary, Legendary Long Tails. Yeah, she comes yeah. up here quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. And they had an event scheduled uh, that we're going to postpone, you know, uh, for May. And same thing. We're looking at different dates when we can do that. Yeah, you know, son of a bitch. Yeah, it's well, just Minnesota fishing openers canceled. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy <laughs> to put everything in perspective. Uh, yeah, it's it's nuts. It's a. Uh, Did they cancel the opener or just the governor's opener? Well, the governor's opener. I okay. think, but but I think they actually like. I mean, obviously, the season's still going to open, but I do think they like. They're requesting you to not travel, so because he Waltz extended the stay-at-home order. So. Oh wow. Who knows when oh. this thing is going to get back, and and you know, and I don't know what the answer is. I mean, right. I'm not, I'm not a, you know, I don't work for the CDC. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of Monday morning Monday morning quarterbacking going on on social media about this whole thing, but literally none of us know. The the problem right. with it, like, you could be totally right, and all your crazy, weird, conspiracy theories, and maybe right, maybe we are blowing this out of proportion, maybe it's not, but. The ramifications of if you're wrong right. are too heavy. That's just it. You know, who wants to be the guy, oh, by the way, we lost 100,000 people. So you have to err on the side of caution. Last month like, because like of you. Like you have to. And it's like even like, oh, more people dying from the flu. You know, they're kind of using that as the counter argument. It's like, okay, but maybe we should have been doing this with the flu. I mean, right? I mean, then, I mean, we had 300,000 deaths from the flu. Maybe we should try to trim that down to 100,000. You know, I don't know. Right. Yeah, just I got, I got nothing. Just because there's more at the flu doesn't mean, like, that's that's our acceptable death toll. Like, we're okay with a certain amount of people dying. Right. You know? Uh, no, for sure. I, I don't, don't want to come off as, like, a bleeding heart liberal or whatever. I'm just, like, trying to – I try to be, like, fair and balanced and, and look at all the sides. I'm just trying to justify it, you know, and my yeah. issue – as well as a lot of individuals are, uh, you know, uh, in our age brackets and say, hey, you know, everybody's being quarantined. Why don't we quarantine everybody that's 60 plus and susceptible? Right. You know, you know if they can come up with a quick have way them to test stay at it, home. and like there are some people that have a natural immunity to it, you know, if you can get the, the card, like get yourself checked out, like, oh, yeah, you got the the gene or you got, you know, the good blood. Like I got the Covo card. Yeah, good I, got to go. the, I got the I got the Cove <laughs> card, baby. I'm good. Yeah, right. I'm going to work. Yeah. <laughs> it's just strange. You know? Um, there's going to be some growing pains. I think 
the next time a, a you know a pandemic comes down the down the pipe that I think we're going to be better prepared for it. For sure. Um, I mean, this is a paradigm shift for the entire world. Like this is life is not going back to the way it was. No. No, and it's just different for all of us, and it's not you like know. it's just us. I mean, it's affecting us directly, but it's yeah. all over the it's world. It's the entire it's not, world, you yeah. Know. I mean, that's the one thing I will call out uh, the people that think it's just a conspiracy to get Trump out of office. Like, yeah, okay, <sighs> th- this is a global thing to get a well, leader of one – no, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, that's – you give the Democrats way too much credit. You think they dreamed up this conspiracy, <laughs> cooked it up in China, had to go to Australia, then to Italy, and then finally get over here, and they're like, yep, it's coming to front. Love it when a plan comes together. Like, oh, you give them way too much credit. I do not think they're that good. No, exactly. <laughs> There's no government entity that is that efficient. Just crazy. They've proven that time and time again. So I think we can agree on that anyways. Um, what? So what other – we'll wrap this up. What other – um. Like, if people want to get involved here when you finally open, like, a membership's involved. Like, can, we do. Is we it do just, both. like, show up, you know, like, you're driving and you see the sign for Wings North on 35 and you're like, I got a couple hours. Let's go shoot. Let's go shoot around. And you, and you can stop in uh, and you can check it out to see if we're open. Everything we normally do is on a 24-hour reservation basis. Okay. Uh, but we do do both. We do a daily membership as well as an annual membership. So you can come in and try the facility on a daily basis and see if it's something you want to be a part of. Okay. You know, we've been very fortunate. We've been open. Like I said, we're going on uh, coming up on 22 years. In that 22 years, we've got uh, out of our 230 members, about 25 of them that have been members since the inception, since we opened in 1998. All right, on. So it's pretty cool. You know, them and their kids and everybody else growing up in the in the hunting world, and it becomes more of a family. You know, sure. <clears throat> but if uh, but if anybody's you know in the area or wants to check us out or Come through anything if you go on our website, you know, wingsnorth.org. Uh, check out our social media stuff. Uh, it's a Chad Hughes on LinkedIn, um, Wings North on Facebook, you know, uh, Instagram, Wings North. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different venues that you can check it out. Some of it's appropriate. Some of it inappropriate. <laughs> Perfect. But for the most part, you know, that's, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, if you can't be safe, be sanitary. That's, so. ha- that's haunting. Yeah. <laughs> and then so. the bar is just always open, right? When I mean, obviously, when it's open. Like <laughs> Correct. It just as... Yep, normal, just normal, as a bar. normal you know, bar and restaurant. You just want to come yep. in and get a beer. and Stop in and check the place out and yeah. see how it goes. Uh, we do close the bar and restaurant for the summer months normally from uh, May <clears throat> through the end of uh, August. The bar is closed oh, for the summer months. The summer. For the oh, summer months. Different. Yep. Well, it's, you know, everybody is out, you know, like-minded like us. You're out I hunting. You're out, you're out fishing. You're okay, out spending sure. time on the boat and everything else at the cabins. So we're open for sporting clays and everything else uh, during the days. We're open for events, things of that nature. But in the evenings, you know, we don't have the bar open oh, like okay. we do during hunting season. Gotcha. You know, but on the weekends, we're still someone here. If you want to come through and shoot around a trap, shoot clays, use the rifle pistol range, whatever. We're here. We're What's at your the disposal. yardage on the rifle range? Like people that want to sight in there. Uh, we go out to 200 yards. Okay. So nothing crazy. Nothing you, crazy. You want to go out west and shoot elk? You're in a, you, you need a thousand range, a yard yeah. range. We're not. We're not that guy that yet. Yet. Yep. Yet is the key. Exactly. Is the key word. <laughs> yep. We're always trying to expand. Always trying to better yeah. your club. No, sir. that's good. That's good. I. Twenty years from now, there's probably going to be a giant six-story lodge, and it'd be glorious. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Water park. I mean, it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, right on 35. <laughs> you know, why not have a theme park for the goes kids? across. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> dodge, you know, like a swing where you dodge the semi-trucks. Bridge, you know, you know it's if good. you make it, your stay is free. Yeah, way to know. go. <laughs> Sign this waiver. <laughs> exactly. 
Oh, you know, God. No, that'd be pretty sweet. Well, Chad, I appreciate you taking time to do this. And Absolutely, man. I we'll, appreciate we'll it. We'll be in touch. Um, maybe as we get closer to uh, fall and the, the goose early goose season, we'll set that. Um, that'd be awesome. Do something with the legendary long tails. Just to, yeah, we could you do that Do too. something with the girls, and that'd be great. Yeah, uh, line get, something up. What are you saying? Because girls know how to cook? Is that what you're saying? You racist or you, you sexist son of a bitch. You know, I equally discriminate. <laughs> no. I'm going to tell you that I'm better than, you know, some of them. At cooking, uh, also. Uh, I bet I can cook better than almost all of them. You know, and I'm excited to try that. Actually, with the goose and everything else. I mean, yeah, we'll do. We'll 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 be in touch. We'll set something up. Cool, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thank you. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.